When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Food is a beautiful thing. And if I always made food just as much as their training about their work, I would take away the enjoyment of what food is. And so a big part of what food is, is recovery. And it's not just physical recovery, it's mental creative um, recovery. That moment going back to the dinner table that I spoke about earlier is super important. To have that moment, whether it be on your own, with your family, with your friends, your team, whatever it is, to be away from the constant pressure of expectation on themselves, from their teammates, from their sponsors, to be away from that. And that's what food can do. Welcome to the Doctor's Kitchen Podcast with me, Dr. Rupi, where we discuss the most important topics and concepts in the medicinal qualities of food and lifestyle. These are some of the things that I've written about in my latest book, Eat to Be Illness, which has now been released in the USA. You can pick it up in all good bookstores, including Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, and Amazon Online. Now, as part of my trip to launch it in the US, I caught up with Aussie Ray's but New York residing chef, Dan Churchill. He studied nutrition at university, made his break in Australia with best-selling cookbooks like Dude Food, and then made appearances on American Morning TV. He's now the official chef for Under Armour clothing brand and on the center.com app as well. He opened Charlie Street in New York City's Nolita District, a spread bar delivering colorful bowls, tasty toast options, with of course, epic third wave coffee. I've personally been and it is amazing. It's also home to Dan's studio kitchen, where he posts YouTube recipes and interviews from his Epic Table podcast, which I'm also now featured on too. I really respect Dan's pragmatic approach to nutrition and food. You can tell that his mission is to make people fall in love with food again, even his professional athlete clients that could be forgiven for seeing food as yet another tool to improve performance. Remember, you can check out the show notes for everything on thedoctorskitchen.com. Sign up to the weekly newsletter where we deliver recipes straight to your inbox. But for now, on with the podcast. Dan, thank you so much for cooking me lunch, man. Oh, nice. <laughs> all mine. Do you want to tell us what that was? Mate, we did a... Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't look as nice as it did before, <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it tastes incredible. Mate, that was a request from your end. So you asked for vegetarian pad thai, yeah. and so instead of using uh, you know, brown rice noodles, yeah. we did some swaghetti... Yeah noodles and made like a sweet little uh yeah pad thai Mm. how good man it's delicious so good and um we're sitting here in your charlie street cafe at the moment and uh it's the first time i've met you 
but I feel like I've known you through the medium of social media for years now. I've been following your prolific rise to fame and, and how everything uh, started for you. I wanted to go back to basics. So I've already done a little introduction to you already, but I'd love to hear your story from doing your nutrition degree where you grew up in Australia and, and how you developed uh, and, and created your own path, man. Mate, yeah, it's um, it's funny. Uh, like you, you, we spoke about it earlier. We're, we're talking about it's it's moments you actually take a step back and reflect on. And yeah, since I was, I've been cooking since I was twelve. I just turned thirty, so I've been cooking since I was twelve for my family. You look like twenty-two, bro. Oh uh, yeah, especially <laughs> if, I, if I say this, I look like I'm a baby. Like it is terrible. Um, thanks for finally having a bit of beer growth. Mm. It's still called beer. It's rarely even a beer. It's like bump yeah, fluff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but mate, yeah, so I've been cooking since like you know, that age, and it was for my family. So I was never professional. Mm. Um, always just home style cooking, and that honestly came about because. Uh, Parents uh, and I and my two brothers sat around on a, I think it was a Sunday night watching Jamie Oliver. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the cooking side. At the time, I didn't realize this, but it was, dad realized the, just the creativity it brought and the conversation it brought the, the brothers and, um, you know, mum and himself. And, and through that, it was like a bond. Um, and so he created a calendar for us to take turns in cooking for. Um, and it was like our thing every week, we watched Jamie and then we also take turns throughout the week to, to cook for each other. Um, and so that was a really cool development for me because, it, you know, as you grow up, you, as we all know, you can some points drift apart, but that dinner table moment is uh, something that we all can relate to. And I'm, I'm so privileged to have a family that was so, you know, in common with that that dinner table. That that's why I really um, cherish what food does. And I think, aside from the flavour and and you know the the, the well being it does, that's truly why I got into it. Because I've been cooking since that you know time. But you know, when I finished high school. I uh, I love sport, like I'm a sport fanatic. I love you know exercising and being active and running a muck. Um, yeah. Northern beaches in Sydney that will do you it too. You did the marathon as well. Right? Yeah, I did the marathon last year. Thanks, mate. Yeah, running again this year. So training's ramping up for that as well. But like that's the thing. Like I, I love I love testing my body. Love yeah. testing myself physically. Yeah. And uh, so I went and did an undergraduate. I did a sport and exercise management degree. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I love sport, so I did that. Uh, I learned a lot about you know business, uh, the human body, um, but, and when that that degree finished, I was PTing at the time and playing rugby uh, and building my personal training business. But I, I was like, you know what, I really want to specialize in specifics of performance and, and, and stuff like that. So that's when I did a master's degree in uh, exercise science, nutrition and strength conditioning. Um, and it was kind of a, a funny moment because I was uh, with that, able to work with athletes. And I found myself talking to these individuals um, who I you know, t- t- looked up to for a very long time, but they wouldn't know anything about nutrition, not that they had to, but even worse, they didn't know much about cooking. So the nutritionist would be speaking to them about what they should be having. And just like you have that moment with the oatmeal, um, yeah, that light yeah, bulb moment, yeah, I was yeah. like, I was blown away when these athletes who, to, and to be honest, if I was an athlete, I was like, well, I would do everything in line, but not everyone is, and that's totally fine. But they didn't know how to apply what the nutritionist was saying about how much fat to have, and how much protein to have and whatever. So I, I started creating these recipes for these athletes. 
uh, knowing with the basic cooking I knew, but knew completely what the nutritionist was saying. Um, and that was quite successful. Tie that in with the fact that a lot of my mates on weekends were trying to get some brownie points from their, their lady friends. So <laughs> I sent them some recipes as well. Um, and I, I ended up making, a, as I realized, a, a cookbook. And so that's how Dude Food came about. Yeah. Uh, not a chef at that stage, uh-huh. still building a, a, a solid PT business and health yeah. coaching business um, and applying nutrition into much more so than the food side. But um, I realized that there could be, especially with that Dude Food book, I'd, I remember when I was like four years old, I dressed up uh, as a chef for an for a actual a, a book, uh, a dress up book. No way. Yeah, I did. But, and then That's like, awesome. And so, I want to see this picture, man. Oh, I'll get to you. It's unbelievable. Mum's got it. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then I remember when fast forward to when I was mid-teens, I was like, I want to be a chef watching Jamie. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't want to be the 90-hour chef in the week, uh, you know, doing dark windows and all this kind of... Like, I didn't want to be Crazy that. Hours. Yeah. And it's not because I wasn't keen to do that. I just didn't feel like... I'm a very, you know, charismatic person and being in a dungeon for so long is what these guys do and these ladies do and it's, it's credit to them, you know. Um, but then I realized I could be a new type of foodie or cook. Um, and so after Dude Food was uh, pretty successful and got me some media time, I I put my head down and kind of um, night times, each night time I'd go to a different restaurant yeah. Uh, and, yeah, just work my up the line. So it'd be like Thai, Italian, Argentinian. Um, Brazilian and I just, every single night would be something different oh, that's sick yeah so you so you kind of taught yourself these different culinary techniques by just going and restaurant hopping yeah oh that's amazing so I'd jump in and be like sometimes you get turned down but like I'd just be like yeah chef I'll clean dishes pots and pans whatever it is and yeah, and I did that maybe for a week and then I like put you up in the prep and then you go from prep into this and like you maybe jump on the line you're from line to you know maybe sue and then head and then eventually you're, you're actually running it so just pretty like for me it was I, that took me about two years to do um, but I loved it I loved each night I went somewhere different um, that was of course of six months actually and then the rest of it was I stuffed to one for about two years but yeah it was unbelievable learning experience so when did you transition from you know running your PT business learning about food doing a few meals for some athletes into what you're doing today yeah it's a good question um, so dude food came out when I was about 20 21 and 20. then yeah yeah it was word, pretty young. Um, <laughs> cheers yeah think back you're a veteran this dude that's amazing <laughs> um, and then yeah, so the healthy cook. I think it was probably that moment where the healthy cook came this, out. This, uh, this delicious yeah, 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 that one nice. with the, the button up right up to the top yeah, of the neck. Yeah, that yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, yeah, so I think it was probably around the time that came out that I really went hard. And I, I, to be honest, I was still doing a lot of sessions during the day at PT, but then I... You um, can tell, mate. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to look as good as you in the yeah, yeah. that beautiful smile you handsome man um, yeah so it was kind of like around that time I was like alright we got, we got we're going to have a crack at this and just go, right. go ham and uh-huh. like be the brand yeah epic and so when did you ended up going when did you end up going to New York and, and starting all this stuff here yeah so I've, I've lived here for four years so I got my visa um, four years ago uh, but before that I was coming back and forth for about a year and a half I was I came here, uh, first got a book deal, and then book deals, as you know, take a bit of time to get through the actual book and then do the yeah. tour and the launch. So it took about a year and a half, and then I got the visa. So technically I've been coming here for about five and a half, almost six years. Okay. Um, and that was, yeah, like what, it was 24? Yeah, but 23, 24 at the time, or 24, yeah, 24. Yeah, 24. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, that's epic, man. Yeah, and so, so you, uh, 
you have a, a, d a distinct edge in terms of your nutrition masters and how you applied that to performance uh, outcomes, right? You're a personal chef for some really well-known Winter Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I, I'm the chef at Under Armour, and that entails me uh, the very first person. Said very I, casually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how it works is a um, Lindsay Vaughn is a skier, and she's a, the most winningest downhill female skier of all time. And she, she uh, went to the Olympics and wanted to have someone um, that could just she could count on who can work with her. Um, and Under Armour are also looking for someone to help them with their food program to an extent. And when the, uh, when the individuals were looking after, or Under Armour were looking online, they kept typing in healthy chef. Uh -huh. um, and thank God for SEO and yeah. consistency with your branding and yeah, everything yeah, yeah. everyone talks about because it actually paid off. And mm. So yeah, that's led me to you know, working with a number of different athletes now, um, uh -huh. which is really exciting. So I, I'm able to actually specifically talk about the breakdown of you know, I'll maybe talk with specifically their nutritionists, but then I can apply what they're talking about for them, Brilliant. for themselves. So you work alongside some nutritionists as yep. well, and you kind of translate what's relevant to them. Sure. So talk me through the process, right? So you're you're working with an athlete; they're in a particular sport. Yep. How do you break down with the nutritionist? How do you break down wh what they're going to eat, when they're going to eat, all the different things, and then tailor that to what they actually want to eat as well, right? Because yeah. that's just as important. Oh, it's the most important thing. Um, Flavor is the most important thing. If it's not, if it's not tasty, it's not healthy, and it's not for you. Uh, I don't like, and that, that's actually true to the sense that when we eat, serotonin enlightens in the brain. So when that happens, your body is primed to absorb the nutrients because they release the serotonin. So if you actually don't enjoy something, your body's actually automatically telling you it doesn't want it. Uh, and so as a result, like it's it's. It's funny because you like think about it, like well, think all well, the kids grow, things growing up I didn't like as a kid. It's like well, maybe you just weren't ready for it yet. But when you are now, you taste the things. And it's like your body's automatic first barrier is flavor. Yeah. So I always make sure that athletes do know that. I don't want them to ever eat something that they don't like. Um, but their eating patterns are very similar to typical training patterns in periodization. So we may look at the course of a year and go, you know, they may have a quiet period here where there'll be preseason and this will be super in super pre-season uh, where we'd be like super start to like be dialed in in season they may be traveling so like one of the athletes that we work with is uh, one week they'll be you know playing at home they've got two games away and so we're constantly looking at how that is measured up and this all comes back to a philosophy that we talked about control the controllable so what what can I do that I know will make sure that he uh, or she gets what they need to and what can they do that I know they can look after day to day um, is it always bringing making sure they have their subs on them that I you know that, that's stuff like that um, their powders that they would have during the day versus what can I set up at other locations to make sure they're still getting what they need or even what they can cook because I still want them to cook to an extent yeah. um, and that is just the, the plan like anything you have a plan you have an action and you apply it and so that's what we do we, we look at the, the course of the plan whether it be an Olympiad uh, you know an annual uh, season and we just apply what we want them to do and each athlete's different not just yeah. each individual in their sport mm -hmm. each athlete is different like we talk about microbiome in the gut yeah, it's yeah. so important to make sure that we recognize that absolutely and so do you notice patterns across different sports about you know what kind of nutritional quantities they need and macronutrient composition or is it very distinct from sport to sport because i mean you deal with skiers and hockey players and a whole bunch of different uh, athletes right particularly representing under Armour. yeah like i 
I definitely look at a sport modality and have an understanding of um, their physical prowess and the exertion they do on those in those particular sports. And then on top of that, I, I look at the athlete themselves and how much they're exerting in a game. Um, sometimes I'm actually I, I'm able to get numbers on certain things that they do, so how much uh, they work and, and with all the science we now have, which yeah. is great. But ultimately, I, I like to, and I, I like, as much as I like to look at data, I also like to look at this human as a human. And so I think the biggest way I say, I don't look at them as an athlete. Uh-huh. I look at them as a person and then I supply the best option for that person. Uh, and the, way, the reason why I do that is I dehumanize them and I take away the the one, if, if I, sorry, what I'll say is if I did apply them just as an athlete and always look at them as an athlete, food is a beautiful thing. And if I always made food just as much as their training about their work, I would take away the enjoyment of what food is. And so a big part of what food is, is recovery. And it's not just physical recovery, it's mental creative um, recovery. That moment going back to the dinner table as I spoke about earlier, is super important to have that moment, whether it be on your own, with your family, with your friends, your team, whatever it is, to be away from the constant pressure of expectation on themselves, from their teammates, from their sponsors, to be away from that. And that's what food can do. Yeah. So that's why I'm very cautious of like, I'll speak to them I'm like, hey, what do you think? How's this? Yeah, it's great, awesome. I, I prefer, unless they, we sit down and they go, we have a specific chat on stuff, I try to make sure it's like an enjoyable, you know, meals if they were having one with their family. Because yeah. I think a lot of people would expect, particularly sports stars like footballers or, you know, people on the road quite a bit, everything is very regimented. Um, and I think a lot of, people who are outside of the sports industry and just want to look after themselves are relying on like pre-cooked pre-measured calorie counted everything like in a box like just almost like machine made for them as the way to achieve their physical goals but what i love about your approach and it comes out man and you on the social media and, and all the content you do in your podcast and everything is that you're bringing that humanistic element to it and that's just as important like you said to the athletes right for their performance as absolutely. well as their well-being absolutely like they just like as you you're building your brand you don't want to be recognized um you know as a as a star you you want to be recognized as who you are and what you stand for potentially obviously as well but you just want to be recognized as a rupee right and they they're the same so if we continue to put them in that star frame, then it's every facet that we do, um, we will definitely take away an aspect of their humanity. And that's where food is so crucial. It's one thing throughout the day that they can definitely use as a tool to set aside a break from. Yeah, absolutely. And do, do you think that there are certain types of foods that are like performance foods that you want to try and introduce into your athletes' diets without question or, you know, is all food food? I mean, there's definitely the, the obvious ones like plants, like without a doubt, as much plants um, and fermentable food as possible. Um, and depending on the athlete, I've got a couple of athletes who actually are plant-based mm-hmm. and, and and so we look at alternative ways that they will obviously get the, the, the proteins and the B12 that they require. But I look, at, I look at food as food and not as fuel and like you and I always talk about with whatever we do, across content, plants are full of so much goodness for you. So, you know, constantly using sweet potato for what it does. Starchy ingredients like butternut squash are fantastic. Look at that dense color. Um, with the, with the you know, support of the proteins that are you know, strong, whether it be your, your lean chicken, your fish, um, and those kind of things that are super, super beneficial. So I definitely focus on the plants um, and then use the protein as, a, as it should be, as a, 
as a notion of support, but the plant's the main thing, particularly when they're traveling so much. Absolutely, man. Yeah. There's a there's a new movie. I haven't seen it yet. But you, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see it. Man. I can't wait to see it either, man. man. I'm really, really looking forward to it. But the one thing I'm a little bit fearful of is that because it's a vegan movie, yeah. it's going to be of that mindset that everyone should go vegan. And then you'll have these athletic performance feats, right? You, you, you'll be able to perform just like these guys. Whereas you know, having worked with athletes who are plant-based and those who are not plant-based, that it's horses for courses. It depends on that person. Right? Absolutely, yeah. We Bio-individuality is a brilliant thing. You know, you know your gut better than anyone else. If I told you to eat, you know, the perfect diet for Rupi, it does not matter what I say because you will ultimately say, well, my gut didn't agree with this or I didn't like it. Yeah. And that's where we have to think about avoiding these generic meal settings and actually listen to ourselves better. So, you know, we can go plant-based, great. But just listen to what your body says. Does it actually work? If it works for you, fantastic. If you feel fantastic, sustainable energy, awesome. But if you actually question it and go, well, actually, you know, my digestion's a bit off, but you know, I'm eating plant-based, that's right for me. I'm like, well, that's where we're trying to follow a trend as opposed to actually listening to ourselves and that's where we get lost. Yeah, totally, man. And we're sat here in your incredible like uh, cafe slash studio slash podcasting booth slash, <laughs> you know, test kitchen. What I'm really interested in is how you went from social media to books to private chefing to running your own business because you'll see uh, the buck stops at you i've heard you chatting to your managers and everything and how do you how do you manage that man how do you look after you yeah it's a, mate you got to be number one yeah. ultimately uh, i'm a big believer in that i'll talk about that to a lot of people and it's, it's, it's same with relationships and i really mean this like if i'm not number one i can't give my girlfriend the best of me and ultimately that means it's going to fall um against her and it's the same with my team with my mates my family most importantly obviously as well it's like you have to look after yourself so i look after my health i look after my recovery i look after how much time i can provide to people um and that's to say it's the same thing like i it's a it's it's a not selfish approach because if you can't be the best of you then the people who love you for who you are will, will not recognize you so i structure my days um like nine o'clock till six is generally work hours outside of that is um, you know, me time, which oh, is, great. yeah. So usually I catch it like, you know, I love, um, I go to the gym in the morning um, first thing and then come home and see the lady and then hopefully um, get it. Like it, it's definitely the last few months been very busy, um, but I, I make sure no matter what that uh, Melena knows that she's number one in my life. So that's that's always a big, big one. Yeah. Um, but then also make time for your friends uh, yeah. and that's for yourself as well. Yeah, uh, right. So I've just been on a trip with the boys for two, two weeks, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah. That's epic, man. And have you learned that along the journey? Because you've been in the game now for over 10 years. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine at the start when you even had the cut, how even did you start with the cut? Did you always want to run a cafe and restaurant? Yeah, uh, I, I always did, but I, it's funny, like as a chef, you have like, you know, your social media, your digital, your books, your TV, your party brand, but also you have a restaurant, right? Yeah. And so like, if I'm talking about all this food on TV, yeah. I'm like, fire out, like, I want people to taste it. Yeah. Uh, and it's a tangible touch point. Like, where digital and social are fantastic in being able to relate to anybody, that you still miss that tangible action of meeting people or having them taste your food and for them to, you see them. Like, there's been moments, I think one of the best moments is I just see a family rock in. 
um, and sit down at a table and taste the food and you see them all smile. Uh, and whether or not it's about the food, doesn't matter. It's, you see them sitting down at the table together and you're like, I'm a part of that family's like experience yeah. in New York City. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Like that really excites me. That's it. Because that reminds me of my family when I was sitting at dinner nice. table. You know yeah. what I mean? That's really yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, like I, I always, I, like, yeah, I did. And I, 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 there's so many things I want to do in the restaurant space. Um, but as a chef, I think it's uh, only second nature. You want to people to kind of relate to you on a tangible level. I, I feel the same way about medicine. And a lot of people expect me to have left medicine sure. already by now. And, you know, I, I do two to three days clinical a week and it keeps it very real for me so me going into this sort of like brand and social media stuff as a doctor to keep it real and tangible for me is to see patients and i can imagine for you the tangibility comes from what you just said right watching people enjoy your food taste the food sit around a table you know all those kind of intangibles but tangible absolutely uh, it's it's brilliant man like just like when you see someone come in and smile when uh you know you've even not necessarily you but you see you're in the, in the practitioner and you see someone's you know, released or happy and something's been told some yeah. fantastic news that in some way you've touched them. It's just like the best feeling. That's all right. Nice. It's good. It's good. It's good for you, man. And like I, we, um, um, we talked about it, how you are still involved. Yeah. Day to day, um, two to three days a week. And that's, that's massive. Like yeah. that's good for you. Like it's a, but at the same time, that must be so challenging. It can be, you know, and like, uh, the thing is, I, I I get feedback. I learn every time I'm I'm in clinic or in A and E. Sure. And the same thing I, I can imagine would be true of you, right? You're getting feedback from customers. You're learning a bit a bit about plants and, and learning more as you go along. Actually, that was going to be one of my questions about how you feel, either your own personal diet or the diets of the people that you look after through food, your athletes and and private chefing has changed over the last ten years. Have you noticed? Yes, particularly trends towards plant-based, but have you noticed you learning more things about nutrition and then implementing that into plants? Absolutely. Like I'm learning every single day. I'm reading books, not just on nutrition, but on sustainability and all those kind of things. So like, you know, 10 years ago when I was training pretty heavily with rugby, like my, my, uh, I, my diet was admittedly like, wasn't drilled in as what it is today. Um, and not, I never had fast food but I was eating a lot of pasta. I was, uh, you know, very white starchy. I have oats in the morning, which is totally fine. But then my lunchtime would be wraps, which yeah. is totally fine again. But then I'm having that and pasta. So it's like, yeah. you know, the variety was definitely not there. But at the time, I'm a, like 20 year old guys playing rugby who just couldn't put weight on. Um, and so, yeah, now a 30 year old guy still can't put weight on. <laughs> but yeah, Most like, people listen to this are like, I, to hell with these guys but yeah like and then obviously throughout the course that like, you learn more you learn more about the well-being and you actually when you're I think when you're younger you don't really think about you definitely don't think about in my opinion that um, you don't take a step back because you're so in the moment but if you take a step back now you realize oh I was actually sick last week yeah. and I didn't realize that my diet was pretty average yeah. now I'm looking at it, I'm like I don't get sick yeah. You know, I, I get if I get sick, it's a weird. It's like a weird situation. People yeah. are like, "What the?" I don't actually don't know how to handle. What, yeah. do I, what do I do with my hands? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely changed. And as I've learned more about you know the keto diets, plant based diets, paleo, all these kind of things, mm. I've, I've in some ways wanted to dabble in them, mm. just to be able to advocate and give some advice as well. So I've definitely done uh, my own fair share of testing on my body and know it works for me. And it all comes down to like 
I, I definitely need carbohydrates in my diet. Um, I know that my body and whatnot, but I've definitely learned that how much I love plants. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not vegan, um, but I choose how much protein I have quite wisely yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really important point as well from the sustainability point of view. Yeah, but I'm fascinated by the utility of ketogenic diets, um, which is just for the listeners, one where the proportion of uh, energy comes largely from fat, yeah. um, uh, a little bit from protein, a little bit from carbohydrates, very, very little carbohydrates. Um, so you, your uh, energy sources are coming from, from ketones and you go into nutritional ketosis. But I'm fascinated about the therapeutic benefits of that in certain scenarios. So for those who are looking to improve metabolic control or uh, for very extreme circumstances with epilepsy and controlling of seizures. But from an endurance athlete point of view, have you come across much stuff to do with the ketogenic diet and the potential utility uses of it? Yeah, like there's a couple of guys that uh, I've actually, who did the marathon last year on the, oh, ke- yeah. on the ketogenic diet. Oh, wow. um, and I was, I was actually really surprised how they, they, like I was expecting them to be like, you know, pretty much die. <laughs> really, but um, they pulled through in pretty solid times too. And I think what was interesting, I was speaking to them about it. Um, and again, it comes back to not really providing a diet that one fits all, but listen to what people say. And, and they, they just said, look, I, I'm, I've been doing it for three months and I found that I sleep better. Yeah. I am concentrating my you know, hormonal balance is feeling track and my de- digestion's you know, quite solid. Um, and that's surprising to me, but that's great. And then I found out later, like I, as much as it's great for my body, I can't sustain the living conditions of the lifestyle of it, which is where I'm like, you know, that's where I'm, you know, advocate of, if you're gonna do those kind of things during short bursts, just to shock the microbiome in the gut. But I, I personally don't see them long-term opportunities. Plus I look at, you know, I'm, I'm a, um, working as one of the food and ag ambassadors for the UN this year in, in the climate week. So I look at, how much sustainable that is from a resources perspective as well. Um, so there's a number of, di- number of different factors, but you know, I have I have seen athletes be keto, um, and I have seen them succeed. But I think you're more likely to see people who not yeah, you're more likely to see the sustaining aspect of ketogenic diet. Um, you know, very short lived. Yeah, under under considerable scrutiny as well, and I, I think. Um, you know the utility of these diets can actually be in a like you said cyclical form mm-hmm. rather than something that is just something you do 100 percent of the time yeah. because um the sustainability of that from an environmental perspective but also from like a, a human perspective as well it's just super super tough yeah there's a guy named uh, dr will cole he's a friend of oh, yeah. mine um he's done the ketotarian diet okay. um and I love it because he, he, he's someone who's not saying you, like he, he's, not to say this is the one trick pony, um, but he, he, he says it up very well. Essentially, the, this, if you're gonna do this once a year, just to shock your body, um, these are the reasons why, and it's a much more sustainable way to do so. Uh, and you know, that, that, that for me is, it's truly accurate. Because if you're thinking about the resources you're limited by, mm. but also then the things you're meant to put more forward for, um, I just, uh, you know, I don't think it's something that we can travel with consistently. And obviously that's part of it. Like to be in ketosis, you have to have uh, only carbs, uh, only fats and protein, minimal yeah. protein. Yeah, so yeah, like, even minimal protein because it has that glycemic yeah, effect. Exactly. So it's it's very, very difficult. And I think um, we're learning more about like um, the fasting practices and, and different diets like that that could be used as a way to uh, sh- stress the body into a more resilience effect as well. So I think it, it's, 
it's like one of those things it's got to be one of the the it's got to be a dynamic it can't be just the one way it can't be like okay i'm going to go to keto for a whole year it's going to be like you know a mesh of different absolutely uh, methods of eating definitely yeah. like you you think about fasting for maybe three or four days yeah. and that would be the same effect i would have with keto yeah. and then you know then you do that once every maybe two months yeah um yeah. That's a much better way of administering it as well because I feel like if you're doing that too much, you, you can also go the negative way with cortisol and cortisol can, you know, as we, cortisol is a detrimental thing in stress and you can stress so many parts of your bodies that you, you even realize by just um, being constantly in this state of flux. Exactly, yeah. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, um, particularly those listening as well, it, it, the ketogenic is, is not a, a diet that I think could be dabbled in uh, reasonably for a lot of people. It's, it's a very, very strict way of eating. Absolutely. A lot leads to a lot of restrictive behaviors. Um, and also, I've read some papers actually about uh, even a short burst of ketogenic diets can be detrimental to your gut to the same extent. Uh, as a course of antibiotics because if you don't give your carbohydrates or your fibers to your gut microbiota they have nothing to eat and they can digest themselves they can digest the lining of your stomach and can, it can actually lead to a lot of issues so it's something to i think you've got to have a lot of support and i think that's why athletes who do have a lot of support who are nutritionists or a good chef like yourself <laughs> you know can, can do it safely yeah um, but it's yeah definitely one of those things mate tell me a bit more about your podcast i've just had the pleasure of being on it <laughs> it's honestly the epic table the epic table i love it and you know one of the reasons why i love it is because one of the only podcasts out there where you cook for the guest live <laughs> and i've started doing that recently and it's so much fun but like it's hard to do man like cook and chat at the same time you did that effort effortlessly honestly i was learning loads of tips whilst you were doing it <laughs> mate it's funny isn't it yeah but tell me about it man you've had some epic guests on it yeah uh, we had this guy called Dr. Rupi, uh, he's a good bloke. <laughs> Mate, uh, it's, this is one of the cool things. I, I really love the podcast because, um, you know, having this studio kitchen down below Charlie Street now enables me to really meet people from all walks of life, whether you're an athlete, you know, celebrity, entrepreneur, someone who's um, an expert in respective field, a mover and shaker. Like, I'm loving it. And, and hearing, I'm learning so much. That's why I'm loving it. So on the Epic Table, we get a guest. Um, I always cook for them a meal that's either nostalgic or something they want um, or requested. And throughout that period, we kind of learn, uh, you know, who they are, but also what shapes them. And we also learn something specific about their expertise. So with you, we talked particularly about how you are someone who we all can turn to to give us clinical studies and research, but then also relate those clinical studies to through the food and the books that you you were a part of so uh, that's a pure example of um, what we have we've got people like uh, we had Naomi Watts on uh, Anthony Kosky yeah, <laughs> Anthony from Queer Eye yeah. um, we've had uh, who else we have top of my head uh, we've had both the women's health and men's health editor-in-chief yes. which yeah. is brilliant both uh, Liz uh, and uh, Rich are amazing people there um, but then I've had people who like you know who are doing amazing things and uh, have done just exceptional work in, in providing education to, to many. So yeah, it's, it's, at the end of the day, I get to cook a, a feed and we have a good time down Yeah, there. that's epic, man. And so you've got a new book coming out? Is that Mate, right? I, I do. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm writing it myself. So I'm probably going to self-publishing route. I've, uh -huh. I've, I've asked people to do it, but just I find 
with everything going on, I, uh, I need, if I'm gonna get a publisher, I need a publisher to be like, okay, we're doing it this time, and I know that's what's gonna happen, and right now I'm not keen on that. I'm right at, like, I'm kind of just doing it myself for a bit. Okay. Um, so we'll see. That's we'll interesting, see. Yeah. man. Yeah, do you have a title yet, or? I don't. I know the, the chapter breakdown um, okay. is, is very much simple around scenarios. Okay. Um, so things that we would do every day, as opposed to being like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's like around how we would act uh, and apply it to ourselves, whether it be, you know, a simple one could be, you know, um, cooking for yourself or like the, the brunch, the brunch on the Sunday that uh, you finally get your mates around for yeah. kind of thing. So you make it, make it, it's actually like a wordy kind of scenario. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, the one, the, the thing you make before you go out to your big night out, yeah. that kind of stuff as yeah. well. So, yeah. And the latest thing uh, I've seen because we're sat uh, in a room full of two <laughs> tons of the stuff. <laughs> you want to tell them what it, what Mate, it is? Yeah, just, uh, yeah, wow. Uh, as a, as a yeah, few boxes of, um, <laughs> the epic table olive oil so we've got a really good extra version olive oil now um how on earth and like how did you get around to that i mean that's brilliant oh i think i just i think i just um it's funny because we cook a lot yeah and i always reach for olive oil Uh it's the first thing i touch yeah and i think if i looked at one you know thing that I would relate to I, I, it's, I feel like it's Italian yeah. I'm spiritually Italian yeah, yeah. I drizzle a little of everything it's good fats yeah. Um, yeah. it's yeah super good for you but also tastes Absolutely. so amazing yeah. so yeah I just wanted to bring out this olive oil that um, I wanted to have an impact uh-huh. so I work with a company called City Harvest which is an organization in New York City who uh, do two things that I'm super passionate about. They help those in need uh, by feeding them, um, but also they prevent food wastage by taking from restaurants, uh, uh, food purveyors and supermarkets and providing them to the, those in need. So for every bottle that we sell, there's uh, 11 people we um, provide every bottle. For. Yeah, every bottle. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. So it's, a, it's really cool, man. It's yeah. really cool. But like you said, it's like the first thing you touched. I love that sentiment because I'm just thinking about now, like whenever I start a meal, you're right. It's I always go for olive oil. Yeah. And I mean, I always get asked, what's the healthiest oil? It's like, okay, well, it's, it's a very hard question to answer because you really want to relate it to what you're cooking. But in the majority of times, it's olive oil for me. Absolutely. And that cold pressed, vitamin E rich, polyphenol rich oil is just so delicious and health promoting. It's, I can imagine why it's the one that you, you reach for. Absolutely, <laughs> man. It's like nice, like, you know, olive green looking goodness to it. Um, it also really reminds me of my childhood a lot. Yeah. So I guess it's, it's, this is completely not a, uh, I guess a, a thing for me, but it, it's like if there was one in, one thing that I want to put out there that people would relate to, it would be a product like this. Yeah, so it's cold press from uh, Cali, California as Cali, well. Right? Yeah, yeah. So cold press from California, um, and on the bottle you have a little QR tag, so you get you know ten recipes um, nice. of how to you know Love video it. shut down here. Um, we'll get Rupi on there one day. Get a special. <laughs> yeah, when I come back. To yeah, that boy, yeah, special. Definitely, man. Dude, it's been a pleasure. Um, I, I can't wait to, to see your new book, uh, to see how many of these bottles here you shift. Uh, and all doing good stuff as well. And, um, and I'm definitely gonna be coming back to Charlie Street. I came before and I had a meal here with my baby sister mm-hmm. and we absolutely loved it. And it would definitely be coming back again, mate. Mate, pleasure's yeah. all mine. It's, always, cool. it's actually good to freaking finally meet you. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we're, saying, we're saying to all your amazing listeners, man, we, um, we've chatted for a long time on socials and it just, it feels like we've known each other for so long. Totally. It's good fun, Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll have to get you on my pod, uh, on, on, my, uh, on my studio uh, when we're back in London. Epic, mate. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Sick. Cheers, dude. Awesome. Thank you.
I really hope you enjoyed that podcast with Dan. If you're visiting New York City, definitely check out the restaurant Charlie Street. It's quite literally incredible. Proper, amazing coffee and the vibe is brilliant as well. And whilst you're in the States, of course, don't forget to order a copy of the new book, Eat to Be Illness, which is now all over America. You can find this information and more at thedoctorskitchen.com. Make sure you check out danchurchill.com. You can see some of his amazing works, including his YouTube and Instagram accounts. All the links to those are going to be in the show notes at thedoctorskitchen.com. Subscribe to the newsletter for weekly recipes, content, and much more to help you live the healthiest, happiest life. And if you like this podcast, please give us a five-star rating. It really does help spread the love and the message. Until next time, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.